Hello, everybody. Good afternoon to you. Hope you're having a merry lunch so far. Welcome to uh, Live Wednesdays with Brian and Nicole. It's going to be a good... Today we are talking about three problems that are holding back your victory. Three problems in the way of your victory. Things that are getting in the way. And we're going to get them out of the way today. Amen. And uh, so we just welcome you. we got a couple of people here. Uh, we're actually live at the church again. I... Uh, Praise God, praise God, I am going to have my internet fixed at my house today, glory to God. So I'm excited about that and um, I've been looking forward to it, but we just welcome you uh, to Live Wednesdays and uh, thank you for being here. I hope that you are having a uh, great, uh, if you're online, say hello, I want to see who's here. I see Miss Sharon, uh, Miss Debbie, Miss Holly, Miss Priscilla, awesome. I don't know if uh, I've shared it or not. Let's share it. Have you shared it for me yet? Okay, yeah, go ahead. I'll let you do that. <laughs> I went for a run this morning. I got my lungs good and stretched to glory to God. And uh, anyway, so this is funny. Huh? You're a sharer. Good job. I see it. Um, so here, oh yeah, I see it. It says share on there. They're awesome. Hey, Miss Debbie. Uh, anyway, we just welcome you. I hope that you're going to get some food nutrition and you're going to get some spiritual nutrition. Glory to God. Amen. I don't hear nobody. <laughs> I don't hear nobody. Anyway, hey, Jennifer Wade, Pastor Jennifer, hello. Good to see you. And uh, I hope y'all had a good trip. I, I saw some pictures from it. We just welcome you. And uh, anyway, it has been crazy weather. Like yesterday, freezing snow in the afternoon it was sunshine today the high i saw it last night the high was going to be 71 today seven snow yesterday like up till noon 71 today welcome to north carolina <laughs> crazy i my one of my favorite hey evangelist taylor mccaffrey from germany what's up man good to see you um Anyway, we, uh, we, he and I have been having some great conversations about the Lord. I just love you, man. It's good to see you. Um, Nicole, put, uh, Nicole put this one uh, thing on there. She said, uh, Dear Mother Nature, take your meds. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. And uh, anyway, we just welcome. So three problems in the way of your victory. And uh, man, I just realized, guess what? This computer is not going to last long, so if somebody writes something, you're going to have to tell me. Uh, so I might can uh, watch it on my phone or something else, but no, it's fine. Uh, anyway, we'll, uh, yeah, I just looked down and I got 5%, and I know my charger is at the house, so amen. And so anyway, we're going to jump right in uh, because I want to, three problems in the way of your victory. We just welcome you. Listen, right now, if you would, go ahead and share this. Uh, this is not only going to be beneficial to you, but you probably know somebody that it will be beneficial to as well. And uh, I don't want to see anybody held up from their victory any longer. I want to see you walking free as more than a conqueror in the victory of Christ. That's what you're called to, and that's what we're we're going to see. Amen? amen. Can I hear an amen all the way through internet land? Amen. And uh, I think Miss, uh, I see there Miss Sharon, it looks like she said, yeah. So anyway, let's uh, jump right in. I've been, you know, I don't like it. I don't like it when the devil starts 
messing with people. I don't like that at all. I, it really irritates me. I always want to see people walking in victory, but I watch them so many times. They have the victory uh, already in their hands, but yet they don't walk in it. And you know what? I've been that person too. And I have to be purposed and intentional today uh, to not be that same person. I have to, I have, to have a positive pressure towards faith and in faith to keep back the corruption. That corruption, the one thing about it is we got victory over it, but if you don't positively apply your faith, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith, then that corruption will keep pressing into your life. And uh, you don't want that. I don't want that for you. So we've got to keep that positive pressure uh, pressing back that corruption. We already have the victory. It's not something that's hard. We just have to be attentive to it. We have to be attentive to operating in the ways of God. And if we'll do that, we can walk in victory and we will overcome these uh, problems that are standing in the way of our victory. We want to get these things out of the way. We want to always walk in them and never walk in uh, defeat, but always walk in the victory and the triumph. And uh, the first problem that stands in the way of your victory is knowing that you have the victory. Knowing that you have the victory. You can, uh, I think Barrett will uh, pin these comments for us, but you can go to 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Uh, this is a verse that the Lord really gave me some insight on some time ago and it's been such a blessing to me. Hey, Miss Carolyn Shuttlesworth, we love you. So, uh, you know, people are not walking in their victory and you've got to walk in victory. Listen, we've got to uphold the victory for the people that are around us as well. Don't just walk in it for yourself. Don't just say, well, I'm okay. I don't have to have it. No, there's people that are relying on you to walk in this victory and you need to walk in that victory. Uh, I'm, look, victory that Nicole and I uh, put on for ourselves is now helping bring in victory into the lives of other people. And that's not just happening because we're pastors. That's happening because we're believers. You are a believer that can walk in victory and we need to. But in order to walk in that victory, we got to get these things out of the way that God told us to get out of the way. And the first one is knowing that we have the victory. Uh, the word tells us this, be still and know that I am God. In other words, uh, don't, don't be running around frantically. Oh my goodness, what am I going to do about this problem? What am I going to do about it? You know, no, be still and know that I am God. That doesn't mean that you don't do anything. It means that you relax and rest in him. And then in Daniel, I think it's Daniel 11:32, it says this, it says those that know their God in the King James, those that know their God will do exploits. In other words, they'll do great and mighty things. Um, I think it's Second Chronicles 16.9, I believe it is. It may be First Chronicles 16.9, where it says uh, that the Lord is looking. The eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking for someone whose heart is pure towards him or perfect towards him so that he might show himself strong on their behalf. And when you start to see that and you start to understand it, the Lord is looking for somebody who knows that they have the victory. The number one problem that stands in the way of that victory is that people have no knowledge of victory. Now, before I even get into this, let me talk about this. A lot of times people say, well, no, I know I have the victory. Well, then how many times, if you know that, how many times is it manifesting in your life? 
Because there's a difference between having head knowledge and having heart knowledge. In head knowledge, look, the Word tells us this clearly. Even the demons know that Jesus is the Messiah, but they don't believe. In other words, they have head knowledge of who he is, but they've not made an active choice to apply faith towards that. And because they haven't applied faith towards that, then they're not going to walk in that salvation. Well, we need to not only know that he can save us and take us to victory, but we need to walk in that victory. It needs to be manifesting in our life. If we don't have the fruit of triumph and victory in our life, then we don't really know it in our heart. In other words, like in Mark 11, it tells us this, that we will know things and we will believe them in our heart. Uh, this is not just believing them in our head. It's believing them in the core of who we are. It's having a mind that's set on this. A heart that is convinced. Uh, when we get in faith and we get in true knowledge of the things of God, one of the things that happens is we move to hope. And if we're in hope, we're going to have the manifestation of joy. We're going to have the manifestation of confidence. We're going to have the manifestation of an expectation about the things of God. If you don't have joy, if you're not confident, if you don't have an expectation, my victory is coming today, then there's a good indication that we're not in faith probably because we don't really know that we know that we know that I already have the victory. But let's look at this scripture and see what God has for us. He says this, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. All right, now, let's just stop right there. No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And what this means, the common to man means that you and God can handle it. This is not a problem beyond you and God. <clears throat> this is not a situation beyond you and God. Now, a lot of people will take this verse and what they'll do is they'll just look at the temptation part. Well, you know, it's talking about temptations and I don't feel tempted right now, so maybe I'm not in one of those situations. Well, how about this? Let me ask this question. This is what the Lord brought me to years ago. He said, how many situations are you not tempted in to drop faith? How many situations are you not tempted in to drop faith? There's none. You are always tempted to drop faith because this is what the devil's after. He is after your faith. He's after dropping it. Jesus said, I think it's in John 6, he said, this is your work. Believer, this is your work. To believe on him that God sent. To believe in God. To believe in his goodness. To believe in his grace. This is your job. And that's what the devil's going to be after. He's going to be after your faith. He's going to be after your, your belief. And so, in what situation are you not tempted to drop faith in God? I don't know of one. In other words, I'm never going to face not just a temptation, but a situation where I'm not tempted. I'm always tempted to drop faith. So I can look at this verse and say, this applies to every situation that I will ever face. And what it's saying by understanding that is, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says this, 
No temptation or no situation has overtaken me, but such as is common to man. In other words, I will not find myself in a situation that me and God cannot fix. Amen. I will not find myself in a situation that God and I cannot fix. And then it says, and this is the greatest part of it, and God is faithful. Because, see, God is faithful whether we're being faithful or not. God is being God. If you could draw a line between the physical and the supernatural, if, you could, if there was a curtain between the two and you could see from the physical over to the supernatural, you're never going to drop that curtain back and see God over there and see him not being God. He's going to be faithful. He's going to be true. He's going to be just. He's going to be good. He's going to be righteous. He's going to be supernatural. He's going to be miraculous. He's bringing you to victory. He's bringing you to triumph. He's never not being God. And so no matter where I come from or how I got into that temptation to drop faith, into that situation, I'm not going to face a situation where God's not being God. And he is always leading me to triumph. So I know, I know that God's going to uphold his part of the deal. My deal, my part of the deal is to trust that, is to trust him. So no temptation has overtaken you, but such is common man. And God is faithful, listen to this, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. In other words, you will not be in a temptation or a situation that you are not capable of winning in. You will not be in it. But with the temptation, he will provide the way of escape also so that you will be able to endure it. So no matter what you face, God is going to be faithful with you. You and God can handle it. You will not be in that situation if you couldn't handle it. In other words, if God said, oh, no, they're not going to be able to choose the right thing. They're not going to be able to uphold faith. If that was the case, God would say, don't let them go into that place. But because you're in that place and this verse, you already know that God in heaven has said they can handle it. I believe in them. They've got the goods. They've got what they need. And so if we're in a situation, we already know we can handle it with God. There's no situation, no temptation, but such as common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with it will provide the way of escape. Now, and when people see this, I think they set it aside because it says temptation. They don't get all the goody out of it. I think they set it aside too because like, well, God will get me out of this situation. No, no. He was not going to just get you out of the situation. That is not what that verse is saying. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. See, people look at that and say, he'll provide a way of escape. Listen, that's the lowest, an escape is the lowest form of God's plan for your life. An escape, that's it. That was the lowest form of God's plan. You got to understand, an escape, if you escape it, does it do any damage to you? No, uh, I'm coming out neutral. But that's not God's plan for you. Let me show you what God's plan is for you always. You remember in Jeremiah 29, 11, he's got good plans. They are good plans. And let me show you what those plans are. They, good plans that he has, uh, they are always to give you a future and a hope and never lead to calamity. 
you will fare well. These are God's good plans. He's always going there. Here he defines it even more. Here it is in 2 Corinthians 2.14. But thanks be unto God who always, always, always leads us in triumph in Christ and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. Thanks be unto God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. Let me just pull up here. My battery went out on my computer. There we go. So I want to be able to see if somebody says something. Hey, I see Mr. Joel Thomas on there. Good afternoon to you. We love you. And uh, so go ahead, everybody that's watching, go ahead and share it now. You know somebody that needs this. And then it says, but thanks be unto God. Well, first thing is, we've, we've got something to give thanks for. The second thing is, he always, this is an absolute, he is always leading us where? To triumph. There is never a time where God will not be God doing good God things. And there's never a time where he's not leading you to triumph. Not to escape, coming out neutral, to advance, to triumph. There's never a time where he's not doing that. And so if you combine 1 Corinthians 10, 13 and 2 Corinthians 2, 14, you see that I'm not going to find myself in a situation that I'm not able to win and I'm not able to triumph in and God's plan for me is to triumph in it. Listen, you are not being sent into a wilderness to learn something. You may learn something while you're there, but you're being sent to the wilderness to overcome it, to bring life to that wilderness. You're not heading into a storm to get beat around by it. You're going into that storm to tell it to peace be still. You're not coming into a place of lack to leave it in a place of lack or escape out of it with no harm. You're coming into the place of lack as an ambassador sent from heaven to turn the tide, to take it from lack to abundance. This is the thing. You're not going into a place of sickness to leave it in a place of sickness. You're coming into that to bring the triumph of God, bring the victory of heaven. That's what you're coming in for. And you, when you start to know that, when it goes from being in here, like if you're hearing this today, it's in here. But if it, when it goes from being in there to being in here, all of a sudden you walk differently. You pick yourself up, man, and everything looks different. See, one of the, one of the problems that's standing in the way of victory for so many people is they, they don't know it in their head and their heart that God has planned for victory and triumph for me Always. The rest of that verse says this, but thanks be unto God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. And he manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him. What that's saying is when you get true knowledge of him, listen, it is a sweet aroma, a sweet aroma. And anyway, he says in him, in every place. Not just some places, not just some time. Always, in every place, 
triumph. This is God's plan. There's nothing supposed to be short of that. He's looking for believers. They'll say, I'll stand up and I'll get a hold of that for myself. I'll stand up and I'm going to walk in the triumph. I'm going to walk in the victory. Everybody else might not, but I'm going to. And when, when he finds believers like that, he's like, oh, hold up. I'm going to show myself strong on their behalf. And watch what happens. Watch when you start believing God for that. Stuff will start happening to you. Things will start coming through. All of a sudden, the victory of God will come through. One of the things that's standing in the way is that believers don't truly know that they know that they know that God is always leading them to triumph like this verse says. So the second thing, the second thing that stands in the way of your victory is that having there's no real trust and real rest in God. The first thing is people don't know it. But the second thing is they don't really know that that's true. They'll, they'll back off it. Think about it. If somebody really, you know where the verse says, uh, perfect love in, perfect love cast out all fear. There is no fear in love. Another verse says that. Why can, why can God say that? Why can he say perfect love cast out all fear? And God is that perfect love. How can he say that? It's an absolute statement. How can he say that? He can say it because of this. He says, when you really get to know who I am. Remember that verse that we just quoted said, uh, the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him. When you really get to know that you know who God is, you realize I can't fail. This is the place where no evil can befall me. Nothing can come on me. Now people, people can say, hey, I've been the guy. I've been the one where evil has come on me. Well, that's what I'm talking about. The word tells us that my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. I'm trying to get some knowledge into you today about the truth of who God is. And if you'll grab a hold of it, you'll learn from it and you'll grow from it. You can start seeing these things manifest in your life. I'm not telling you things that we have not seen. Nicole and I have seen these things happen and work. Look, do we have it all correct? No, we still got stuff we're working on, but we've seen the rise of the blessing of God, the rise of the triumph of God, and we're going to see more of it as we continue to grow in Him. Why? Because we're changing what we know. But see, when we start to know God, we start to realize in Him there is nothing to fear. In him, there's nothing to fear. And if there's nothing to fear in him, then if I have any fear whatsoever, that means there's a piece of me that I'm not letting God into. If I've got fear in me, and a lot of times if you find yourself angry, upset, irritated, a lot of times it's a fear that whatever's happening is not going to stop. It's a fear that it's, it's going to be some way that I don't want it to be. It's a fear in that way. But when we start to recognize this and we say, look, Look, I'm going to trust the Lord. I'm going to trust him and I'm going to go after him and I'm going to get more of him in me and I'm going to be in him. When you start letting him do that by faith, you're going to find that the more knowledge you have of him, the more it pushes fear out of your life. And all of a sudden that fear doesn't open up the door to calamity anymore. It's when you start getting in faith instead of fear, it closes that door. So one of the things, you know, the three things that stand in the way of your victory. One is knowing that you know that God is always leading you to victory. The second thing is really trusting that. 
Because we can amen it on Sunday morning, but when we're walking in fear on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, what we're saying is, I know it, but I don't really trust it. I don't really believe in that. Let me show you something. This is Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 1. Hebrews 4 and verse 1. Y'all getting something out of this? Sitting in here? Amen. Good. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 1. While you're, while you're finding that, I did get the uh, very first podcast recorded. Working on getting the website up and going. Yeah, amen. Amen. So I uh, got it recorded. It sounds good. God was blessing it and anointing. So you can be looking for that before too long. We're working on getting all of that stuff up and going. I would imagine it's probably going to come out. I'm going to guess about two or three weeks. I'm actually heading uh, here to the Philippines in a few days. I'm going to be gone for two weeks speaking at a conference uh, where there'll be over 400 churches representative, uh, represented. And it's going to be awesome. And uh, if anybody from the Philippines is watching, I love you. And we're on the way. It's going to be great. Uh, we're just going to impart the things of God. And uh, it's going to be so good. I'm looking forward to it a lot. And um, God poured out last year, and I'm looking for more, the, more of the same plus some. He says the steps of the righteous get brighter and brighter, uh, moving to the noonday sun. I'm believing God that this is going to be even brighter this year. It's going to be awesome. And if you, you, know, you want to be a part of it, I asked him, I said, I said, look, what do you want? What do you need? They said, what we, and I'm, I'm thinking, hey, I want you to preach on this, or I want you to teach on this topic or whatever. That's not what they said. They said, we need some microphones. <laughs> I said, we, I'm, I'm bringing microphones. And uh, so if you want to sew into that, uh, into the ministry over there, they're doing a great job. I've really been impressed what I've seen with them over the last year since I went last year. And so if you want to sew uh, into that, you can uh, go to givebc.org and uh, Barrett will put that up That Givebc.org. You're welcome. And just put in the notes there, uh, just put in the notes that it goes to the Philippines or do it as a love offering if there's nothing else there to put. And uh, I'll know what it is if it comes in today. But anyway, it's going to be a great, great trip and uh, we just, we're just looking forward to it. But so looking in this, remember I said the second thing standing in the way of victory is this, is that we really don't trust God. So let's look at this. This is Hebrews 4. And I want you to see that God had given the Israelites a promise of moving into the promised land. Now, before he gave them that promise of moving into the promised land, he brought them out of Egypt with miraculous signs and wonders. He stands and opens up the Red Sea, defeats the whole army, brings them through, puts a cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night to lead them. He brings in quail, blows quail in for them to eat. He drops manna from heaven for them to eat. He brings water out of a rock. All these things that God's done, you would think they'd be the most faithful people ever, and they weren't. And so that's kind of the backdrop of what this is talking about. And he says, uh, verse 4, he says, Therefore, let us fear if, while a promise remains of entering his rest, any one of you may seem to have come short of it. So what he's saying is this, all right, now the, the promise that remains for us today that I just made you aware of if you didn't know before is God is always leading you to triumph. He's always leading you to victory. And now we know it. It's written in his word. We got a promise from God. So therefore, let us fear if 
while the promise of victory remains to enter into his rest, any one of you may seem to have come short of victory, which is the promise we're talking about. So if we're not actually walking in that victory, God's saying, you need to back up and check yourself. You need to say, whoa, 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 whoa. Why, if he's promised victory, how come I'm not walking in it? This is a responsibility Christians need to put on. If I'm, if I'm all of a sudden in fear of a situation going on in my life, wait a minute, God's telling me I need to back up and take an honest look at myself and what's going on. Why did he make a promise and I'm not walking in it? Why did he make a promise and I'm trying to, but I'm not seeing the manifestation yet? In other words, I need to back up and I need to check. And then he says, verse 2, For indeed, we have had good news preached to us just as they also. So haven't we even this morning or this afternoon, haven't we heard good news of victory preached to us? So he's talking to us. He says, but the word they heard did not profit them because it was not united by faith in those who heard. In other words, the Israelites heard a promise of victory, of triumph, moving into the promised land. But when they heard the word and it went in, they did not mingle it with faith in their heart. They didn't mingle it with faith. And because of that, they had no manifestation. So I can't just hear a word and then do nothing about it. Faith is always an, an active reaction. It, there's a, there's a, a proper response to any promise that you hear from God. There's a proper reaction, and faith is that action. Faith without works is dead. In other words, when I hear a promise of God, I should be taking action on that. It's not something that sits still. It's active. It's present. It's ongoing. That's what faith does. It's intentional. It's purposed, right? If we want to, faith, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. If we want to overcome the world and the world's lack that's in our life, the sickness that's in our life, we've got to be active with our faith. And here's what the Israelites did, and we've done it too, and we don't want to keep on doing it. He's saying you need to take an honest appraisal of yourself and put these things together. When you hear a word preached, you need to, you need to mingle it with faith. You need to mix it with faith. Verse 3. For we who have believed enter that rest. In other words, in every promise of God, in every piece of his character and nature, there's a rest. If I'm not resting in him, if I'm not at peace and at rest inside of me, then I haven't actively mingled that faith on the level that it needs to yet. There's a rest in the promise of God. There's always a rest in the promise of God. Somebody please tweet that or whatever. There is always a rest in the promise of God. And if we're not walking in that rest, then this right here tells us to check ourselves and see why. Okay? He says, for we who have believed uh, enter that rest, just as he has said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Listen to this verse. Although his works were finished, from the foundation of the world. So what he was saying is this. He said, look, they're not going to enter that rest because they haven't trusted me. They're not going to do it. And they're not going to enter it even though it was given to them since the foundation of the world. 
God has given you and I victory and triumph in every temptation and situation that we will ever face. But we will enter it into that promise or we will not enter into that promise based on do we actually trust God and mingle his promise, his character and nature with faith. There's a rest for us to walk in. But we've got to actively say, Lord, I trust you. I believe you. And listen, I know when I first started trying to trust the Lord for things, I'm telling you, I, <coughs> I wanted to believe. <laughs> I, I wanted to get there. I, I wanted. But I was still flipping out about every problem that came up. And guess what that was an indicator of? I wasn't really trusting him. I wasn't really resting in him. And I just had to keep on. I just had to keep on. I had to keep putting this word in. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. I had to keep confessing. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. If you will uh, meditate on my law or meditate on the word day and night. And meditate on it day and night. Then you will make your way prosperous, victorious, triumphant. That word meditate there, it's not like just think on it. Although in Philippians it says think on these things, dwell on these things. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. But uh, one of the things that he's telling Joshua there, that word meditate. In English we've read it, written it as meditate, but it literally means to mutter or to confess it. So if you want to get to the place where you build your faith, you need to keep putting the word in. You need to keep hearing preaching that's preaching some good promises of God, faith-filled promises of God. You need to confess it. Yes, I have victory in everything that I walk in. I walk in divine health. I am out of debt and I carry a debt-canceling anointing. I walk in the full manifestation of our of my inheritance in Christ in Jesus name. I walk in divine health and I carry a healing anointing in my life. I, I never am in lack. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm blessed going in and I'm blessed going out. I'm blessed going out and I'm blessed coming in. Right? I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed when I put my hand to work. I'm blessed when I play and relax. All of this is that's Deuteronomy 28. It says confess it. But then I also need to meditate on it. Lord, you are so good. You're so good. Yesterday I was getting ready and I just wanted to spend some time with the Lord and I was like, Lord, how's the best way to spend some time with you right now? And, and just popped in my spirit. I just worship you. Oh, Lord, you are so good. You're my victory. You're my triumph. You are so good, God. I love you. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for bringing that breakthrough in our lives. Thank you for bringing that breakthrough in the lives of the people at Boomerang. Thank you for bringing that breakthrough right now in the uh, people that are partnered with our ministry. Thank you for bringing that breakthrough over in the Philippines, Lord. I'm getting ready to go over there. Thank you for bringing that breakthrough. Thank you for breaking people out of debt, out of bondage, out of lack. Thank you for breaking them out of sickness, Lord. Thank you for breaking them out of fear. Lord, it's happening. I just start worshiping. You start meditating on that stuff. It changes your outlook. <laughs> it changes who you are. And see, we've got to be active with this. The proper response to a promise of God is to be active, to actively trust him. Many times people don't know that they have the victory. Problem number one. Problem number two, they don't really trust that it's true. They don't really trust. Look at this. I, I just want to show you a couple of verses here in this passage uh, going down to verse six. It says, therefore, since it remains for some to enter it, talking about rest, and those who formerly had good news preached to them failed to enter 
because of disobedience. What was the disobedience? They didn't trust him. They didn't, they didn't get to the place of rest in their life because they didn't trust him. How many of us have not gotten to the place of rest because we, don't, we really truly haven't trusted him? All right, so you go on down. Verse 7, he says this. He again fixes a certain day saying, today. Saying through David after so long a time, just as he has been said before, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. I'm telling you the verses I read to you at the beginning of this, and if you are just joining us, jump in there and share it and, and go back and listen to the beginning because those words, they're a promise. And today, you're hearing his voice say, you can have victory, you can have triumph, you can walk in those things. You can have that victory, you can walk in that triumph. Today, if you hear uh, his voice, don't harden your heart. Well, what does that harden your heart mean? A hardened heart means he can't do it for me. No, he can't do it for me. Now, I, while we're talking about hardened heart, I want to show you something. If, if you go over into Matthew chapter 19 and verse 8, Matthew 19 and verse 8, he says, Jesus is talking to them. He says, because of the hardness of your heart, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it has not been this way. See, people were looking for an excuse to get out of a problem. But here was the, Jesus said, that's not really the problem. The problem is a hardened heart. And here's what he's saying. Let me explain it in this way. You don't believe that God is able to do the miraculous. You're looking for just an escape instead of believing God for the full victory and the full triumph. You've hardened your heart that God can't do it. You've gotten to the place where you have no rest, where you've hardened your heart and said, God can't turn this around where it'll be a beautiful thing, something that I long for, something that I worship God for. You've set in your heart it can't be done. You've set in your heart there's no way this can happen. This is trust or a lack thereof. This is that lack of trust that he's talking about over in uh, Hebrews chapter 4 and he's saying, listen, you're not, you've hardened your heart towards me. You're hardened your heart that this can't come out in victory. I'm telling you, I've seen the most impossible things come out in victory that most people wouldn't believe. And it came because Nicole and I said, we're not, we trust you, Lord. I don't know how you're going to do this. This looks crazy. It looks nuts for us to keep on standing, but I don't know how you're going to do it. But we believe you are God. You are faithful. You've given us a promise. And Lord, we trust you to the core. Right Over in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, it says, uh, they, they overcame him, overcame the devil, overcame the devil's ways, overcame the devil's lack. How did they overcome him? By the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives to the death. In other words, they had the blood of the lamb that paid the price for their victory. And they're leaning on who God is and what God has done. Number two, they, they had the word of their testimony. In other words, words, it's, I'm not, it's not just talking about what happened to me in the past only. It's confessing God is my triumph. God is my victory and he will not leave me at this place. He is my healer. He is my salvation. He is my firm foundation. That's who God is. In other words, they're confessing it. They're doing Joshua 1.8. They're confessing it and they're making their way successful. And then it says, and they love not their lives to the, to the death. In other words, they held on 
to that trust, even to the point of death. They held on to that trust. I'm not letting go. No, Lord, I trust you. I am not letting go. And when they held on to that thing, all of a sudden, they overcame the devil. They overcame the devil's ways. They overcame the devil's lack. They overcame the devil's sickness. They overcame the devil's poverty. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives to the death. Go back in Hebrews 4, verse 9. It says this, and he's talking to you. So there remains today a Sabbath rest. For the people of God. See, in Jesus, we have a rest. And it, the question is, do I know it? Are we trusting it? What, what are we going to do with what God has provided? Verse 11, therefore, now he's commanding you. Therefore, let us be diligent to enter that rest so that no one will fall through the following the same example of disobedience. In other words, let us be diligent in our faith. Let us continue to trust him no matter what. We did a series not too long ago called uh, What to Do When All Hell Breaks Loose. And uh, one of the things that I pointed out was the victory that Job had. A lot of people see Job as, a, as like a tragedy, uh, but it really is a victorious story. When you've seen the end of it, he's got complete restoration and more than he ever had before. And I believe God gave him even healing in his mind and everything else. But here's how that victory came about. In Job chapter 1, right after all this stuff had happened, he didn't understand it, which is proven by the rest of Job. He didn't understand what was going on. But it says at the end of chapter 1, he hit his knees and worshiped God. And if you see that in context, this is what he's saying. Lord, I don't know why this happened. I don't know how we got here. But Lord, I'm going to worship you. I trust you. When all hell breaks loose and you feel like I don't know what to do, when you throw your hands up to God and say, Lord, I trust you. I can't do this on my own. I need you. There's no temptation that's overtaken me, but such is common to man. And God is faithful. I need you to be faithful because I don't. without you, I know I wouldn't make it. But with you, we will. And not only will we make it, we won't just escape. We're going to go on to triumph as well. And so he says, look, let us be diligent to trust him, diligent to enter that rest. For the word of God, verse 12, the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as, of, as the division of soul and spirit, both the joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. In other words, a lot of times if we're struggling to find that place of rest, what he's telling us here is lay yourself open to God and say, Lord, judge me. Uh, Jesus, show me in your word where it is that I'm missing it. I'm going to be diligent. I'm going to press in. I'm, I'm going to be fearful if I'm not seeing the promise, if I'm not seeing the rest. I'm going to say, look, let me find out what I'm missing. Open me up and show me the division between what's in my spirit and what's in my mind. Show me those small details that's holding me back from victory. I open myself up in all humility and the word says that grace and greater grace will be given. And he says, you can do this because, verse 14, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, 
Let us hold fast our confession. I have the victory. I have the triumph. Verse 15, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one, we have a high priest who has been tempted in all things as we are and yet without sins. In other words, he knows how to win. He knows how to get to that triumph. He knows how to get to that victory. Verse 16, therefore let us draw near with confidence, with boldness to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now, uh, one of the things that you see here is this. Three ways, three problems that keep us out of the ways of victory. Number one, we don't know the truth of God's victory. Number two, we don't trust fully that, that truth. We don't trust that promise. We don't trust that rest. And that's evident because we're not seeing the manifestation of the promise and the manifestation of rest. But the third thing uh, that we need to understand, the third problem is we don't stand in patience. Let, let's turn uh, really quickly here and let's go to... Hebrews 6, 12. We don't stand on that trust. So maybe we know the truth. Maybe we know the promise. Maybe we really do trust him and we're in trust and we're not going to drop it. We're going to uh, not give it up even to the death. We're going to hold on to trusting God. But then we get weary in it. You know, the Bible says in Galatians, don't get weary in well-doing. And we get weary in upholding that and we're not patient in it. In uh, Hebrews 6, 12, it says this. He says, so that you will not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. How do we inherit the promises? How do we inherit that victory and that triumph? How do we inherit that? Through faith and patience. This is the way of God. You know, I talked about it last night at Impact University. Listen, seed, time, and harvest. You're not going to take time out of the mix. It may be short time. It may be long time to your flesh. Uh, it may seem short. It may seem long. doesn't matter, but you're not going to take time out of it. It may be a very short, brief instance, but there's always time. Sometimes it's the time you want. Sometimes it's not the time you want. But I know that if I'll go through that time, I will get to the harvest. So listen, how do we inherit the promise? How do we inherit the victory? How do we inherit the rest? How do we we inherit the character and nature of God manifested in our lives, the sweet aroma of the knowledge of Him, faith, we trust Him and we don't let go, and patience, we stand. Looking over in uh, Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, finally be strong in the Lord and the strength of His might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, powers, world forces of this darkness, against spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist him in the evil day. And having done everything, stand firm. And the King James it said, having, having done all, stand. In other words, you just keep standing. You keep standing for the things of God. But don't stand there thinking, well, one day it's going to happen. No, you stand there according to Mark 11 saying, I got this thing now. I have received the blessing. I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. I am blessed with triumph now. Triumph is mine now. We're not going to put it off in the future forever. I have it now. It is manifesting as we speak. 
It is manifesting as I'm sitting here talking to you, confessing it. That thing is manifesting right as we speak. It's in motion. It's in preparation. It's being formed in this world right now. It's being formed now. And so when you start to stand like that, you are right around the corner to your victory. And you just stand. While we watch people all through the years, they let go of that standing. And, and uh, I can tell you time and time again, it was right before they had the breakthrough. And that's one thing you have to know is a lot of times right before that breakthrough, the devil tries to throw everything at you to get you to finally get knocked off of your standing. He's trying to get you to leave. When he's got nothing left, he tries to give one last flurry. I like... It's like a boxer in a ring. I've got nothing left for this guy. I'm going to go all out and maybe I'll hit a haymaker and knock it. And Christians have fallen for that trap for thousands of years now because they'll, they'll just listen to the pile of garbage instead of standing and looking, keeping their eyes on Jesus. If you look at that verse in Hebrews 6, it says, uh, how did they receive the promises? By faith and patience. And look, how can you have faith if you haven't overcome the first problem and you know that you know that God wants you to triumph? How can you stand in faith after you know that if you don't trust Him? And how can you stand fully if you're not patient? We've got, these are the three problems that get in the way of a lot. In that verse in Hebrews 6, 12, it says this too though. It says, follow those or be imitators of those who have by faith and patience inherited the promises. Find some people in your life who they're seeing the triumph of God, who they're seeing the victory of God and follow them. Learn what they do. Watch what they do. Get around them. Pay attention. Who's somebody who's seeing the victory on a regular basis? When they pray, stuff happens. Who are those people? Get around them. Go to their church if they're a pastor. Get around those people. Stop hanging around people that nothing ever happens when they pray. Or it's nothing that's of any, like, oh, we prayed and she had a cold and she got well. Well, so did the person who took aspirin. Like, let's see something real. Let's see the power. I mean, we serve an almighty God. Let's stop making excuses for the little stuff. And let's start to see some exploits in God. Get around some people who are walking in those exploits. As an as a example of this, as we're wrapping up today, if you look over in, uh, let's see, 2 Kings chapter 7, you see one of the things... Uh, you see that Elisha is causing problems to the enemies of Israel. And one king, he's trying to, this is in 2 Kings uh, chapter 6. He's trying to, uh, this king is trying to come against Israel. And Elisha, by, the, by God, by the Holy Spirit, is hearing the plans of the enemy. And so he tells the king of Israel, don't go over there, they got a trap. And uh, the other enemy king, he's like, he's, pissed. <laughs> He's mad. He's like, which one of you is an enemy and telling the king, my enemy, my secrets? Who keeps spoiling my plans? And one of his guys was smart. He said, king, it's not us. It's that prophet over there they got named Elijah. He's hearing everything you say in the bedroom because God's with them. And he said, take him out. And so they send this army to go and get Elijah. And uh, so overnight they surround the city and uh, Elijah's servants like <laughs> he's scared he's in fear why 
Because he didn't know that he knew. The first problem. He didn't know that he knew. He didn't know that he knew that God was leading him triumph. But Elisha did. Praise God. He said, God, open up his eyes. And, and the servant's eyes are open. And he sees chariots of fire standing all around. He said, there's more that's with us than, than is with them. And uh, God performed a miracle and delivers them out of that, right? And then you go into the next chapter in chapter 7. And another... Uh, Another uh, enemy comes up and it surrounds the city and man, people are dying. They're, they're sitting there and they've not eaten for days. They're, they're running out of food and water. Uh, it says that they're selling things like donkeys' heads and uh, they're selling them for an exorbitant price. And uh, all of a sudden, the king of Israel gets mad at Elijah. Uh, listen, <laughs> don't get mad at the man of God when the devil attacks. Let's, let's make the enemy the real enemy. Don't get mad at the man of God that will tell you the truth when the enemy attacks. Same thing they wanted, they wanted to kill Moses, the guy who brought him out, right? They wanted to raise up against him. Don't get mad when you got somebody who actually knows how to get to victory and will show it. Lean on that. Go to that and lean on it. Stop making God and his man the enemy. Let's make the real enemy the enemy. Let's, it's the devil who is that enemy, the enemy of your soul. He's the one. But the king gets mad and he sends a guy and, he, and the guy comes in there and Elijah says this. Along the way, by the way, uh, well, I'll come back to that. Elijah, Elisha says this. He says, listen, he says, tomorrow they'll sell flour for a dollar in the gates. Well, this right now they were probably selling flour for like, you know, $100, $1,000. It was so exorbitant. It was just, there was nothing around, you know, supply and demand. Everything was expensive. He said, tomorrow it'll be cheap. And so the guy, the king's servant says, well, how is that ever going to happen? Even if God moved himself, I don't know how that's going to happen. And Elisha said this. He said, you'll see it, but you won't partake. And the next day, he said, now, what, what's the problem with the king? What's the problem with this guy? They knew that God could do things, but they didn't really, really trust him. So, one, they knew in their mind, but they didn't really know in their hearts. They didn't trust to enter, and they weren't willing to check themselves out. No, they, they said, we're going to just go kill the man of God, right? But they get there. Well, here's what happens. These lepers are like, you know what? We're going to die anyway. Let's just go, and we'll go out there and ask them to help us, and if they help us, we're, we'll save our lives, and if they don't, they'll kill us. We're dead anyway. If we don't get something to eat here, we'll just go on out there. And they found that God had already supernaturally moved, and the, the enemy of Israel had gotten so scared, they ran away, stripping their clothes off, stripping everything, running as fast as they could to get away from the things, that, you know, ugly running. They were ugly running, away from away from there. Why? Because God had come against the enemies of his people and he will come against listen, even though you can't see it, God is being God. God is faithful. He is faithful and God is being God whether you can see it or not. Listen, Israel actually already had the victory and didn't even know it. You already have the victory. Thanks be unto God who's always causing you to triumph. He's blessed you with every spiritual blessings, Ephesians 1, 3. You already have it. He's already given you everything pertaining to life and godliness. You already have the victory and the triumph. 
They go out there. They're scared to even go out there like it's a trap. It's a trap. It wasn't a trap. God had already won. They step out there in faith and they find. And sure enough, in the gates, the flour selling for a dollar. It's selling cheap. Flour is selling cheap. There was such a rush of people. The guy who said that could never happen, he got trampled. And he saw the, the flour selling for cheap, but he got trampled and never partook of it. And he, he passed away right under the feet of the people who were experiencing the outpouring of God. And that, see, many times we as believers were sitting in there and we could experience and partake the things of God. But because of the hardness of our heart and a lack of faith and a lack of trust and patience, we don't see the things of God. We don't enter the promised land. Let's trust him today. Father, right now, whatever's been coming against your people, whatever's been coming against your people, in Jesus' name, I declare this attack is over in Jesus' name. By your blood, Jesus, you have led us to triumph. Anybody who's listening to this, in the name of Jesus, let every attack fall to the ground now. Every weapon formed against them disintegrate and be destroyed. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and and your mercy. And Lord, we will not be people who will not see and know the truth. Lord, we will move that first problem out of the way. We know that you are always leading us to triumph. I'm not facing something that we can't have victory in, and you are faithful, Lord. And I receive that. I receive my victory. Say it with me now. I receive my victory now in Jesus' name. I receive my triumph now. I know that I know that you've given it to me already. I'm not waiting on it. I have it. It's mine. Amen. Now, and I trust no matter what, Lord, I trust you. I examine myself and if I feel fear trying to rise up, I set it to the side. I take that thought captive. I bring it into the obedience of Christ. Nope. Fear, you can't stay here. I have the victory. I will raise my, my faith in God, my trust in God. I will trust him and I will stand. I will stand and having done all stand, I will put on patience. Like I might not see the manifestation when my flesh wants it. But I know my harvest is coming because time is passing and I'm putting on faith and patience. I know that God is. I'm believing and I won't let go of it. And I have it. Right now, Lord, let everything that's coming against them fall to the ground. There's more that's with them than is coming against them in Jesus' name. They're the ones that are with the believers of God and the children of God, they are stronger. They are mightier. They are more supernatural. And this challenge, this this lack, this poverty, this famine in their life, it is over now in Jesus' name. I know somebody's receiving that now. Uh, Lord, I, and just say it. Say, Lord, I receive. My famine is over. And you can just hashtag, my famine is over. Hashtag, my famine is over. Amen. Hashtag, I receive it. Hashtag, it's mine now. Glory to God. Hashtag, I won't let go. <laughs> Hashtag, God is awesome. Amen. Glory to God. They're going to be like, that's a lot of hashtags. And uh, yeah, but God, he's worth it, isn't it? Amen. And uh, so glory to God. You're getting those problems out of the way. You're moving into victory now. And uh, we just thank God. Lord, thank you 
for your goodness and your mercy. Lord, let the, let the sick be made whole. Let the ones in lack move into abundance in Jesus' name. Let the ones who have been captive be set free. Let the ones who need deliverance be delivered. Let the ones where restoration, where things have been broken down, let it be restored now. Let the ones who don't know Christ, let them know Christ. Listen, the word says this, and I think it's Acts 17, 28. Jesus, Jesus told us by the Holy Ghost in, in the word, in him, in Christ, in Jesus, we live and move and have our being. You don't have the promise of victory and triumph. If you're not in Jesus and if you're not keeping yourself inside of Jesus, abiding in him and him abiding in you, there's no promise of absolute ongoing triumph without staying in the vine where your victory and triumph flows. You need your relationship with Christ to be solid, to be whole and, and not broken. And that means your relationship and your fellowship needs to be uh, pure and good. So if you, have, if you need to say, you know what, right now, Lord, he's challenging me. He's challenging my flesh. I need to rise this up right now. So just pray this with me. Say, Father, right now, and pray it out, out loud with your life. Say, Father, right now, I make Jesus the Lord of my life. He's my Savior. He's the director of my life. He calls the shots and I'll be obedient. I'm not doing my own thing. I'm doing his thing. And I believe he took my mess on him on purpose to relieve me of it. And he took it to the cross, to death, and into the grave. And I believe that God brought him back to life, raised him up from the mess, Raised him up from the death. Raised him up from the lack. Raised him up from the sickness. And when he raised him up, he raised me up. I believe that I am in Christ, raised up according to your word, and seated in heavenly places with him. Today, my fellowship with him is renewed. And in him, I live and move, and I have my being. I have life to the full. I know what to do and where to go. And I'm empowered to get there. And anything I need in my life, in Him, it comes into being. In Jesus' name. Jesus, fill me. Baptize me with the Holy Ghost and fire. In Jesus' name, glory to God. Blessing of God be on every person that's listening and watching to this in Jesus' name. Lord, let everything, let them be empowered with all your might to live a life of exploits. Let them rest in you, move to the victory and the triumph and let it be real, not just a pipe dream, Lord. Let it not just be something that's always in front of them, but they never touch. Let it be manifested in Jesus' name. Like John said in 1 John 1, the things we saw and heard and touched and the things that were manifested, let it be real in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your good and your mercy and we praise you. Amen. Glory to God. Man, what a session. What a live Wednesday. Amen. It was alive today. Amen. Come here, buddy. Come here. Hey, go ahead and uh, share this. You know somebody that needs to have it. I got my little helper here. Ah, say hello. Say hey. <laughs> Yo. <laughs>
<laughs> so we're going we're gonna to be doing some good things. Uh, we're getting ready to do Egg Fest here in the city. In Albemarle, we're going to have over 16,000 eggs uh, for kids age uh, 12 and under. We're going to have an egg drop. We're going to drop thousands of eggs on the ground. The kids are going to rush in, and in the, in the eggs are candy and some toys. You think that's going to be cool? Yeah. The Maybe even slime. Maybe even slime. I don't know about that. You like slime? Yeah. Well, and so that'll be the day before Easter at the YMCA uh, uh, Park. It's going to be a great day. We're going to have some giveaways. Uh, the food truck's going to be, Whataburger's going to be there. Whataburger food truck's going to be there. Uh, we might have some cotton candy. There's going to be pictures uh, with the Easter Bunny. Uh, so if you want to bring your family and have pictures with the Easter Bunny. And then actually on Sunday, we're going to have a nice setup. So if you want to dress up and get some good family pictures uh, for Christmas or whatever you want them for, we're going to have that set up so you can get that too here at Boomerang and uh, what all his eyes boom <laughs> anyway we love you and I hope you enjoyed it today uh, man what a great thank you father for your word thank you for bringing freedom and triumph to people and uh, I love you guys have a great rest of the day be looking for the podcast and be looking for uh, new things at what's right.com it'll be up and live in the next few weeks and uh, we just look for we want to get content into your life so that you can live a life to the full till it overflows and we love you have a good day bye Bye-bye. You want to wave to him? Bye. <laughs> Bye.